The following message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings, starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokare Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available 709-1000. All right. Good morning, everybody. Um, those who are watching online and those here this morning, I want to welcome you all to open the Word of God this morning to the book of Genesis. All right. Genesis chapter number one. And I'd like for us to read one verse. Then we grab our thoughts from that verse um, this morning. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I'd like to speak this morning on the subject of ancient words. Ancient words. And this would be a three-part message. Um, the importance of biblical creation. The importance of um, why you and I as Christians should hold fast to what the Bible says about creation. Why it is important for us. See, biblical creation is the creation account that is recorded in the scriptures from the book of Genesis. That's the biblical creation. And that is, these are the words in the scriptures that you and I read, you and I understand, and you and I have come to believe. But many have heard these words, yet it is quite difficult for them to believe these words. And so, this morning I'd like for us to review these words again. The ancient words. History reveals that in the remains of archaeological uh, discoveries of ancient civilizations, okay? These civilizations, when the archaeologists went through, they found out that these civilizations had similar stories to creation. They had stories to, similar stories to the first man and the first woman, the fall, even the worldwide flood. And these civilizations had these stories. But many of these stories were myths or legends to them. And mostly the versions of their stories depicted an animal-like human with powers. And many times these people or these animal-like humans were worshipped as gods. Okay? The story in the book of Job and the story in Genesis, how, uh, in Psalms, how that a Leviathan was killed. Alright? A, a, a Leviathan is a big, huge, humongous creature, okay, that, that is prehistoric. 
And the Bible talks about the Leviathan, but the Greek mythology also talks about it. They say Zeus killed Typhon. The Norse talk about it. They say Thor killed Jugumander. Hindus talk about it. They say Hindra kills Vatra. The Slavic mythology talks about it. They say Perun kills Veles. And the Hittite mythology talks about it. They say Tahant kills Ilyanka. Mesopotamian mythology, Babylonian mythology, ancient Canaanite mythologies, they talk about this. Okay? The Incan civilization, the Aztec civilization, the Roman civilization, the Persian civilization, the ancient Greek civilization, the Chinese civilization, the Maya civilization, the ancient Egyptian civilization, the Indus Valley civilization, and the Mesopotamian civilization all talk about creation. But their version of creation is a version that is diverting all other people in this world to several or different uh, ideologies other than the biblical creation. And so we need as Christians to come back to the ancient words. All civilizations agree on one thing. They agree that there is a superior being who has created everything. On that one point, everyone agrees. But the creation story in Genesis speaks of a much higher being. The book of Genesis itself is not a Christian literature. By default, it's a Hebrew literature, written by Moses to preserve a timeless account of the origin of a race of people that believed in the creator God, Elohim. What Moses didn't realize is the magnitude of the impact his literature would have and to do with generations of people and races and learning institutions and churches and synagogues all around the world. His finite mind was that he was preserving the Hebrew race and, but, and, and, and race and ancestors and what came down from Abraham as a Hebrew. Little did he know that what he was preserving was for all who believed in the one who is going to be promised, the promised Messiah. As a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, we take for granted that this is our literature, but it's not. Yes, we are inclusive. Yes, we are inclusive. We'll find it out, not in Genesis, but at the end, when John Paul talks about all this, we begin to understand, yes, we were included. Yes, but the book of Genesis belonged to a race called the Hebrew. Now, as a Christian, the abstract knowledge of this narrative, of this Genesis creation story, the abstract knowledge of it creates an individual that will also believe a lie when it's told. See, if you don't understand what Genesis talks about, the creation, and you hear that, hear from schools, or hear from people that we came from anything other than God's creation, you will believe it. Because it will make sense to you. Why? Because you have not founded yourself on 
the ancient words of God here in Genesis. Now, there has to be more than just an abstract knowledge. There has to be a personal connection between the creator and the creature. The story has to become reality in your heart and your heart and your life. This is the reason why devil Satan has set up so many teachings and ideologies through pseudoscience, through the origin of species, and many more schools of thought through false science, psychology, philosophy, secular and atheistic worldviews. And the, 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 the thing about it is many or millions of people pay thousands of kina on dollars to go and be indoctrinated with this false religion. But in actual fact, these false religions come from the other civilizations' worldview other than the ancient words. That is, that is the reason why we have the idea of evolution. And the idea of evolution still doesn't agree with itself. You have the cosmic evolution. They believe in the origin of time, space, and matter, the Big Bang Theory. You have the chemical evolution, the origin of higher elements from hydrogen. You have the stellar and planetary evolution, origin of stars and the planets. You have the organic evolution, the origin of life, the macro origin, the origin of plants and animals and how they can change into other plants and animals. You have the micro origin, the variation of types. And all these come from those civilizations' ideology. And many times we adapt to it, boy, because we don't understand the ancient words or the creation story. Evolution places man in the forefront of everything. Evolution tries to take God out of the equation by making man his own God. They say, the Bible says it's all about faith. You, faith cannot be tested and therefore there is no proof. Evolution is science and science can be proved. That's what they say. Well, how did you come into this world? That's the question. And when they answer this question, and when they come all the way back to the Big Bang, we're going to ask them, how did the Big Bang happen? They will go to gases and microbes and all these things, but yet they will not answer that question. Therefore, evolution is not science. Well, what caused the chemical disposition of the Big Bang? If they want to ask that question. Because they will never answer that question. They will find it difficult to answer that question. They have never answered that question up to this point, and they will never answer it up till Jesus Christ comes back. Because it's false religion. Now, brothers and sisters, let us start with faith. Let us start with faith. The Bible says here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. Now, let's stick to that. Let's, by faith, stick to that because these are the very ancient words of God. And the ancient words have been twisted. All right? Right from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, ancient words were twisted. Adam and Eve walk in, Adam and Eve in the Garden, fellowshipping, and Satan comes in and he twists the ancient words. Yea, did not God say, 
Papa God, let me talk, let me talk some kind of you. He questions, he twists the ancient words. He twists them. All right? And, and many of us during this time are like Adam and Eve. We get to tend to listen to the twisted words. But let us listen to the ancient words, the words that come from the Bible, God's word, the scriptures. The words are twisted again in Cain's heart as he through by his own means brings his own offering from his own concept, puts it on the altar and wants God to be satisfied with his offering. God says, no, I've showed it true to your father. It is only by the coats of skins and by the shedding of blood. You cannot twist the ancient words to make your own way. Devil Satan knows this, and he diverts attention from Scripture. That is why he, he knows if he attacks constantly on this very foundational thought and idea, he knows that he will crumble our very, very personal lives. He is smart. Primary to our faith is the fact of God and his divine creation. This world did not just happen by chance from a big bang, but by a divine creator, God, who is omnipotent, almighty, all-powerful, who is omniscient, all-knowing because all knowledge and science comes from him. He is omnipresent, ever-present in all places. The world did not just come by chance, but by divine counsel of the community of Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here is a statement. Atheism, evolutionism, and psychology are mere religions, and millions pay money to be indoctrinated. Atheism cannot disprove God, because to disprove God first, you must assume his existence. They don't want to do that. Evolution cannot scientifically prove the origin of species. species. That is why it's not science. It's a religion. Psychology cannot cure apart from the grace of God. I've got three points this morning. And the three points are, one, in the beginning, Barashit. Two, created, Bara. Three, God, Elohim. Barashit, Bara, Elohim, et Hashamim, vet haraetz. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, this, these three first words are barashit. The language here spoken is of definite inception. Definite inception. In the beginning. That means that at that point, time was born. Okay? At that point, time was born. Just imagine that. Just imagine that. In the beginning, at that point, time was born. God was present before time began. So at this point in scripture, the fact that time was created is pronounced. Bereshit. Bereshit. John said it like this. John said, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Okay? In the beginning was the word. See, God was present before the time as we have known it, as we know it, began. It is at this point that time was born. Bereshit bara Elohim. In Psalm 90 and verse 1 and 2, 
The Bible says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. From the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world. Even from, watch this, everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalm 41, verse 13. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. amen. Psalm 103, verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. Psalm 106, verse 48. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and all, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. You see, God existed from everlasting to everlasting. Everlasting past to everlasting future. That is God's existence. And in this point, Bereshit bara, time was born. So in between everlasting to everlasting, time began as we know it. And we exist right there in between everlasting and everlasting. Not only do we see God's eternality in there, Bereshit bara, but we see in the formation of time, we also see God's aseity. God's aseity, A-S-E-I-T-Y. God's aseity means that he is sufficient in himself. He's independent of anything outside of himself. He doesn't need help from outside. He is within himself sufficient. God's eternality is his assertion with respect to what he has created, time. He is the Lord of time. He exists above time, apart from it, but is free to enter into time to accomplish his purposes. Acts 17 and verse 24 to 29 says it like this. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of, the heaven, Lord of heaven and earth, Dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands, as though he needed anything. As though he needed anything, seeing that he giveth all life and breath and all things. He is God. He is God. The Bible teaches that God's aseity, teaches us God's aseity by saying this, that he doesn't need outside help. So, aseity marks the great difference between the creator and the creature, but also God's, God's freedom to enter into creation without compromising himself as God. He is God. And to enter into relationship with the world and with the people who which he has created, God's eternality and his aseity with respect to time, and therefore, he is Lord over all time, because he is the creator of time. Bereshit bara. He stands above it, beyond it, but enters freely to do his will. He is Elohim. He is Almighty God. The second point is created, bara. The word created is the word bara in Hebrew. It, it tells us that God is powerful, okay? It displays God's power. 
Now, this word bara is a singular masculine noun. All right? And it's a word that describes power of powers. Okay? In preaching, we say power and tapon power. All right? Created bara. It shows God's power. Our English word does no justice to the Hebrew word used, bara. When we think of create, we imagine a painter who just finished his artwork and he stands behind it and he says, look at it, I've created it. But that's, that's, that's just our, how we think about the word create, all right? I love snacks biscuit. I love snacks biscuit. I mean, snacks is just, it's just beautiful, you know? When I'm down to nothing, snacks is there. I love it, I love it. I don't, I don't sit there and hold snacks and say, oh, thank you for you. You, this man that wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, go and you plant and you, you do the wheat, you plant the wheat, you harvest the wheat, and you, this person that goes in the morning, you collect the wheat. I don't think about all those things. I don't think about what happened beyond or before Snacks Biscuit came, became Snacks Biscuit. I don't think about those things, okay? I don't think about the load of oil pumps that were crushed and retrieved oil. They, they loaded and they loaded into cars and delivered to factories to process flour, sugar, oil, and other ingredients. These products are purchased by the factory and all ingredients carefully mixed into one bean and make, they make a dough. They make a dough and bakers then place this dough into a tray and it goes into the oven. As soon as the time is up, hundreds and thousands of snacks biscuits come out. And then they put them into plastic and they put them in the shop and I go and put one kilo and buy the glorious snacks biscuit. But I don't think about Anything else, I just think about what's in front of me, Snacks Biscuit. But there were processes to be followed for a Snacks Biscuit to become a Snacks Biscuit. All right? But that's not how God works. That's not how God creates. That's not how Bereshit bara Elohim. Okay? God's way is different. We find a story in the book of Matthew 14, Mark chapter 6, Luke chapter 9, and John chapter 6. How that there was a young lad with five loaves and two fishes. Now, this young lad had five loaves and two fishes. He brought them to that on that day to follow Jesus and watch Jesus do miracles and everything, all right? Now, these five loaves and two fishes represented a mother who waited all night for a father who toiled all night to catch fish. And most probably, a mother and a father went into the fields and harvested wheat to make this bread. There was a process involved. And God allows the process. God tells us to follow this so that we can have this at the end. All right? But watch this. Watch this. Now, here is the interesting part. It's now lunchtime and all the men are hungry. The Bible says 5,000 men. They don't count women. They don't count children. Okay? 5,000 men and everyone sits down and Jesus says, do we have food? And they said, oh, there's a young boy here who has got five loaves and two fishes. Jesus takes that, he prays, and Jesus does what he does best. Okay? Jesus takes it, and he breaks it, and he feeds 5,000 plus. As they carry baskets, as John takes basket, Peter takes basket, Judas takes basket, everyone takes basket, the basket is filled up. 
There is an understanding that God multiplies, okay? But I think this is beyond God multiplying. This is what Genesis describes in the beginning. Bereshit bara Elohim. What God is doing in Genesis, was doing in Genesis, God displayed through Christ in this gospel. What was going on is ex nihilo. That means out of nothing, God was creating. Out of nothing, God was creating. You see, the Bible says that God created, Bereshit bara Elohim, the scriptures were saying that God didn't need raw materials to create. Nor did God need a process to ensure that what he created was what he wanted. No. What God wanted became. It came into being out of nothing God made. That is why if you look down to verse 3, Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Elohim It says, And God said, Let there be light and there was light let there be light and there was light literally god asked for light to come and light came that's how literal it was god said let there be light and light shone that's that's how it is so that's god god speaking is central to the narrative of this story the voice of God, the words of God, the ancient words, God speaking is central to the narrative. It is his words that is the main nerve to the creation narrative and yea, the whole of the biblical narrative, God's word. In John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says like this. For by him were all things created that were in heaven and in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And watch this one. And he is before all things and by him, by him, all these things consist. All these things are held together. In Second Peter 3, 7, the Bible says, But the heaven and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept. The heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word that are kept. What word? The ancient words. The words that call it into being is the word that keeps it now. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly men. And lastly, Bereshit bara Elohim, God. Elohim. The word God is the Hebrew word Elohim. It displays, it displays God's infinite being. The Hebrew word for God here is in the first verse is Elohim and it speaks of two things. One, it speaks of God's plurality. The community of Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were present 
in the creation. Bereshit bara Elohim. The Father was present. He spoke the word. And staff appeared. The Spirit was seen hovering around and protecting the creation. Colossians 1, 15-17. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creation. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions, all these things were created by him and for him. He's before all this, and by him all these things consist. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. It also speaks of God's faithfulness in strength and power. The one who was before the beginning showed faithfulness and steadfastness in his resolve towards creation. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 17 verse 24. Jesus said in his prayer, Father, I will they also whom thou givest me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. My friend, imagine before the world's foundation was laid the Father and the Son were in perfect communion before the world was made. There was already a community of relationship before the foundation of the world between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God in his triune being resolved to have others share in his eternity to see his glory. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6 says it this way. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So before Bereshit bara Elohim, he had already chosen us. Before Bereshit bara Elohim, he had already kept us in himself. He is God. He is he's worthy of all the praise. That we should be holy, blameless, before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. Through the ancient words. First Peter 1 verse 20 says it like this. Who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifested in his last times. Who by, by him do God, believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. My friends, it is important. It is very, very vital and important that you and I know that the biblical narration of biblical creation are facts. Once we hide that in our heart, changes will happen. Because these words that created all into being are the same words that create a new heart in your, in your life. In the beginning, Bereshit, God's eternality, created Bara, God's power, ex nihilo, God, Elohim, God's infinite being. 
These are ancient words of Hashem Yahweh. And we that are born again and saved into his family carry forth the ancient words because we believe. Why is the Christian story important? Because one, it is the foundation of our faith. Two, because knowing it by heart protects me from false sciences and false doctrines. And three, because God is glorified when he is exalted. My friends, this morning, I hope, I hope this first part of the, of the series helps you to understand that God created all things, including you and me. Therefore, let us bow on our knees. Let us lift up our hands. Let us praise him because he is God. He is God. All things were created by him and for him. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we praise you and thank you. God for the creation. Lord, yes, we believe. We believe that all things were created by you, as your word says in Genesis. Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We, we believe that. Because based upon your ancient words, untwisted, brought into our hearts and lives, there is that new creation. A creation that only you can make a new heart. A heart that will be accepted by you. Lord, help us to hold on to the words of life. Your words, your ancient words, are words that bring life. Lord, help us to love your words this morning. May bless the church and all the families. In the name we ask and pray. Thank you for listening to this message. We would love to have you join us for service if you are in the area. If you need help with transportation, please give us a call on 709-1000. Again, it's 709-1000.